When was Simon Peter forgiven? We know when he sinned. There's no doubt about that. It was Holy Thursday night in the courtyard of the high priest when he denied Jesus three times. But when did he receive forgiveness for those terrible sins? When exactly did he receive that gift? Well, some would say that it was during the encounter we just heard about in today's Gospel reading from John chapter 21, this encounter that Peter and a few others had with the risen Jesus at the Sea of Tiberias. They see forgiveness implied in the three invitations that Jesus gave to Peter to profess his love. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? But I would disagree with that interpretation. I would say that Simon Peter had been forgiven by Jesus for his sins long before he had this discussion with the Lord. In fact, I would maintain that the words Jesus spoke from the cross, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, I would maintain that those words applied not just to the enemies of Jesus, those words also applied to his friends his friends who had abandoned him and in various ways betrayed him, especially Simon Peter. This story, therefore, is not about forgiveness, since Peter had already experienced that gift, that grace, from Jesus. Rather, this story is about reparation. It's about Peter making reparation for sins, three sins, three horrible sins, that he had already been forgiven for. The need that we have as human beings to make reparation for forgiven sins, either here on earth or in purgatory, this is something that many Catholics seem to be unaware of these days. To make reparation basically means to make amends, to make amends by trying as best we can to undo the negative consequences that our sins have caused, especially in the lives of other people. As the Catechism says in paragraph 2487, every offense committed against justice and truth entails the duty of reparation, even if its author has been forgiven. When it is impossible publicly to make reparation for a wrong, it must be made secretly. If someone who has suffered harm cannot be directly compensated, he must be given moral satisfaction in the name of charity. This duty of reparation also concerns offenses against another's reputation. One issue where most people can see the need for reparation pretty easily is the issue of thievery, the issue of stealing. As the Catechism tells us in paragraph 2454, every manner of taking and using another's property unjustly is contrary to the seventh commandment. Of course, that's thou shalt not steal. The injustice committed requires reparation. Commutative justice requires the restitution of stolen <laughs> goods. Very simply, that means if you steal $100 from somebody, 
It's not enough to go to confession and confess the sin to a priest, although you do have to do that. But you also have to give back the hundred bucks. You need to return the money in reparation for the sin. And if for some reason you can't return it to the person from whom you stole it, you need to make some comparable sacrifice. I would tell the person in that situation to give the money to a worthy charity, like St. Pius X Church. That would only be a suggestion, however. Any worthy charity would be okay. In today's Gospel story, Jesus helps Peter to make reparation for his three denials on Holy Thursday night by giving him the opportunity to profess his love three times. That's really what's going on here. Peter had committed three separate offenses against Jesus. Consequently, he needed to re make reparation for those sins with three separate professions of his love for our Lord. One way for us to make reparation for our sins in our lives is through prayer. This is why when I give a penance of prayers to a person in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, I will never just say, pray X number of Hail Marys. I'll normally say, pray X number of Hail Marys, or Our Fathers, or whatever, for the people you have hurt by your sins. Or maybe I'll ask the penitent to pray for one or two of the people that he or she mentioned during the confession. Depends on how the Spirit moves me. But in either case, it will be what I would call a targeted penance, meaning that I ask the person to pray for specific individuals as an act of reparation, as an act of reparation for the sins the person committed against those individuals. Now this is also where indulgences come into the picture. Some Catholics think the Church dropped its belief in indulgences after the Second Vatican Council. That is not true. The Church still believes in indulgences because the Church has always believed and the Church will always believe in the need people have to make reparation for their sins. In fact, that's basically what indulgences are all about. They're about the saints in heaven helping those of us here on earth, as well as the souls in purgatory, to make reparation. Here's how I'd explain it. The prayers of the saints and the good works they performed during their earthly lives, those things resulted in a lot of what you might call reparation grace far more grace than they themselves needed in their lives because they were so holy. So God allows them to share those graces with all of us through indulgences. And that's very good news because those graces can help us to lessen our need for purgatory or eliminate it altogether. I'm sure many of you know that a plenary indulgence, and that's an indulgence that totally eliminates the need for us to make reparation for our past sins, that kind of indulgence can be obtained during this Jubilee Year of Mercy by passing through one of the officially designated Holy Doors. The Holy Door, above all other Holy Doors, is in Rome. Holy Father 
bless that, dedicated that a few months ago when the Year of Mercy began. But the good news is every cathedral in the world, including our cathedral in Providence, has one of these holy doors, as do a number of special shrines. But it's not just enough to take a little walk through an open door in a big church. There are other requirements necessary that have to be fulfilled, aside from being in the state of grace, which is presumed, if you want to receive a plenary indulgence. Here's how the Church's Handbook on Indulgences explains it. To acquire a plenary indulgence, it is necessary to perform the work to which the indulgence is attached, in this case, passing through a holy door, and to fulfill the following three conditions, sacramental confession, Eucharistic communion, and prayer for the intention of the sovereign pontiff, that's the Pope, of course. It is further required that all attachment to sin, even venial sin, be absent. Ouch. <laughs> the first few requirements, pretty easy to fulfill. You walk through the holy door, you make a good confession, you receive communion, say some prayers for the Pope. But that last one is the difficult one. Because most people, even very good people, still have at least some attachment to their favorite sins in their hearts. There's a story told about St. Philip Neri. St. Philip Neri lived back in the 16th century. One day he was preaching a jubilee indulgence in a church, a very crowded church. And during that homily he gave, preaching the indulgence and leading people in the prayers for the indulgence, he received a revelation, a private revelation from the Lord. And in that revelation, God said to him that only he and one other person in the church, an old cleaning woman, were actually receiving a plenary full indulgence. Of course, many of the people in the church that day probably did receive a partial indulgence, which is also a very good thing. Not as good as a plenary indulgence, but still very good. And this is why all of us should make plans during the next few months, before the Holy Year ends, to take a little trip up to the Cathedral of Saints Peter and Paul in Providence and go through that holy door and then fulfill the other requirements for a plenary indulgence even if we only get a partial one. It will eliminate at least some of the reparation we need to make for our sins. Or it will help a deceased relative or friend make some of their reparation, since we can apply indulgences either to ourselves or to the souls in purgatory. We can't apply them to other living people here on this earth, but we can apply them to ourselves or the souls in purgatory. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? When Peter was given the chance to make reparation, to make reparation for his three denials of Jesus on Holy Thursday night, praise God, he made the most of it. He took full advantage of the opportunity the Lord gave him to make amends for the horrible things he had done. 
May we do the same thing with respect to our own personal sins during this incredible and blessed Jubilee Year of Mercy.